Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Did you know that yearly Medicaid renewals will start again soon? This means millions of people who were enrolled in Medicaid during the pandemic may no longer be eligible for coverage. If this may impact you, the good news is you have options. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield can help answer your questions so you can find an affordable health plan for you and your family. We want you to feel confident you're covered. Click to learn more. Policy exclusions and limitations apply. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield is the trade name of Blue Cross Blue Shield Healthcare Plan of Georgia, Inc. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Chris Schubert, and Dre Harris from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Friday episode of the show. We are finishing up our series, introducing the top 10 prospects in each of the Power 5 conferences today with our good friend Dre Harris, who is the regional scout for the Draft Network in the Pac-12 conference. And so on today's podcast, just like we have the other four conferences Dre is going to reveal his top 10 prospects in the pack 12. Dre, what's going on, dude? Nothing much, man. Just uh, glad to be here again. Haven't been on draft dudes in quite some time. So uh, thanks for having me again, man. A former pac 12 player himself scouting the conference and unleashing his top 10 players. So looking forward to this, my guy. All right, let's do it. Who you have at number 10. So my 10th ranked player is a guy by the name of Abraham Lucas, 6070, uh, 319 out of Washington State. Uh, He's someone who plays a right tackle for them. Uh, He uses his very good length to excel as a pass protector. Uh, He's shown he can anchor against Pac-12 defenders and handle the cross face by edge rushers. Um, In the run game, he's not an explosive athlete, but he is strong at the point of attack. Uh, He's got a really good block temperament in the Run game, I charted four, uh, four knockdowns in the USC game in 2020. He's a right tackle only uh, who, who who may have been aided in pass protection by their offense, but has redeeming value in his length and movement skills on the edge. So he's someone to definitely keep an eye on uh, going into to the season. You know, it's funny. When you talk about Washington State offensive tackles, they're so different. You, you've seen uh, you know, a nimble-footed guy like Andre Dillard and then you've seen some of their bigger bodied guys that don't have that foot speed, but are just a lot to get around. And, you know, obviously with what they've typically run the air raid type offense and not a lot of true pass sets. I'm wondering, you know, how does Lucas kind of fit into this lexicon of the different types of Washington state offensive tackles that we've seen come through the program? You know, I think that he is someone who is uh, good in his own right. And what he does for that particular offense um i did not do andre diller when he came out uh but uh um this guy is a right tackle only um and he's someone who has length um and can move his feet for a bigger guy so uh really eager to see how he performs going into the season all right trey we have lucas at 10 who is at number nine for you uh nine is uh drake london uh drake is a 6060 210-pound rising junior out of USC. Uh, he averaged 15 yards per catch in 2020. Uh, Drake is an outstanding athlete uh, with regards to agility and 
body control. He's competitive and tough as shown in his ability to catch passes where contact is imminent. He has excellent catch radius to snag off-target throws. Uh, he's very competitive in contested catch situations. Uh, he is most likely best suited off the ball at this stage in the big slot or Z position. Uh, I would like to see him uh, continue to improve uh, in the area of having a consistent approach to defeating press, um, but he could grow into being a, a traditional X with time and further development at the position. Yeah, I got a chance to watch Drake recently. Really tall, got a lot of length. The ball skills are there. And I agree with you that I, I kind of feel like he's that big slot type player at this point. Sure. And as we see more teams run 10 personnel, I think this is going to become valuable because it's almost like you want that guy that, all right, you work, you, you work your progression, you exhaust your progression, and you know that you have that guy that you can try to find and give him a chance to go make a play on the ball. I thought you saw Buffalo do that with Gabriel Davis last year. And, and I think not that they're similar players in terms of skill set, but that type of a role for, teams as I think they inevitably adopt more 10. I think guys like Drake London will, will claim that type of role. Do you agree with that assessment or do you think I'm underselling him a little? No, no, I think I, I completely agree. I think that when you incorporate 10 personnel and uh, teams can uh, sub out tight end, I think that this guy is a bigger uh, a problem uh, in terms of his speed and size and contested catch, uh, catch situations. Um, to be a problem against safeties and uh, linebackers who don't have don't necessarily have the size and length that he has. Um, so I think that he is someone who will be a matchup problem in ten personnel uh, situ uh, situations, and he has the ability to jump and go get it in 50-50 balls. So I, I really like this player and eager to see uh, how he performs uh, going into his, his junior year. All right, at number eight. At number eight, um, my player is Devin Lloyd. Uh, he's a 6030 linebacker out of Utah, 235 pounds. Uh, he'll be a three-year a starter uh, heading into the season and plays with good communication as the quarterback of that defense. Uh, Lloyd's a downhill player with good instincts. He has excellent tackling efficiency. and He rarely misses tackles both in the box and the open field. Uh, he has length to stack and shed. Uh, defenders inside i think he is a player that has uh, true schematic flex uh and can play in both an even and off front scheme uh, he's someone with the range to drop on third down and who adds value as a rusher from the inside uh this is definitely a player who can grow into an nfl starter uh, with time and pro coaching in my opinion i haven't watched lloyd yet but he certainly sounds like a do everything type linebacker absolutely did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. Whether you like coconut or cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, or cookies and cream, there are tons of great flavors that you can try. And look, maybe you don't know where to start and you want to start trying these Built Bars, but you're not exactly sure which box to get. You could try a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And not only are the flavors the best-tasting protein bars on the planet, they're healthy too. Check out these macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. The calories range from 130 to 180. There's only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Got a deal for you? Go to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Dre, 
on with the number seven prospect entering the season in the Pac-12? Uh, my uh, seven prospect currently is Jaden Daniels, uh, 6-0-3-0, uh, 183, uh, is a quarterback out of Arizona State, who will also be a rising junior. Uh, Jaden has been a starter since his first game as a true freshman there. Uh, during a shortened 2020 season, he still averaged eight yards per attempt, uh, as he had as a freshman as well. Uh, Jaden does a very good job of taking care of the football in both 2019 and 20. He did an excellent job. Uh, of taking care of the ball with two interceptions his, his freshman year, one as a sophomore. Uh, Jaden stands tall in the pocket. He has tremendous poise. Uh, he has shown maturity far beyond his years uh, from the moment he took his first snap. He's an excellent leader with good arm strength and decision maker. I would like to see him improve as a pinpoint accurate passer in terms of in terms of consistently putting the ball where the op- uh, uh, on the opposite number of the defender uh, and allowing his receivers a chance to run after the catch. And that, that is one thing that I would like to see Jaden improve upon uh, in order to take that next step during his junior season. If you uh, Nobody can see besides Dre and I, but Chris Shuby, Arizona State alumni, just giving the forks up there the whole time yeah. Dre was talking yeah. about Daniel. So Shuby, it's been a while since we've heard from you on the podcast. How do you feel? I mean, Dre just said... This is the number seven prospect in the Pac-12 entering the season. When you watch Daniels, do you get that NFL vibe that he's got a, a shot to maybe make some noise in this QB race? I'll tell you what, I certainly did his freshman year, and you, and you certainly felt it. And, and last year was a bit of a, a bit of a year that I'll write off because of the, the stops and starts that that team had more than any other team uh, inside the Pac-12. Their schedule stopping and starting, and then they were off for a couple of weeks. So I kind of throw out a lot of the stuff that we saw from, from Jaden last year, but super impressed with the way that he handled himself as a freshman. Uh, just had the poise to be able to, to lead that team in certain big-time situations. I mean, he was the first true freshman to start for Arizona State in like 30-something years. It could even be longer than that. It was it was a ridiculous number uh, to, to put a true freshman in as the starter. So I've been impressed with him, and I've had an opportunity to see him a little bit up close working with uh, the Sun Devil Radio Network his freshman year. So it, it's been it's been fun to see. So love, love the Sun Devil love, Dre. I appreciate it very much here <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah, man, he's a... Good player. Really good player. All right. So we had to give Shuby his moment because we don't have <laughs> that much Sun Devil love on the pod. So I wanted to make sure we gave him a chance there. Absolutely. All right, Dre, moving along here. Who do you have at number six? Uh, this is where it starts to get a little sticky for me. But at six, I'm going to go Trent McDuffie, uh, cornerback out of University of Washington, 5'11", 190 estimate, rising junior. Uh, Trent is a good Good athlete uh, with regards to his ability to mirror and coverage. Uh, skill sets suggest he will have true inside-outside flex at corner. Uh, he has good tackling efficiency on the perimeter. Uh, he's always in the right position in coverage, which easily uh, is able to limit yardage after the catch for receivers. He doesn't have the uh, the ideal length you'd like for the outside, but his competitive his competitiveness and toughness paired with his ability to contribute on special teams makes him an early-round candidate heading into the season. Dude, I love Trent McDuffie. He was one of my favorite watches this summer. I mean, just super smooth, athletic, the transitions, an unbelievable tackler. And I know that I probably value tackling at, at corner more than you wish I do, Trey, based on some of the conversations we've had, man. But I just love his temperament, man. He's he's a guy that you just feel like you watch him and then you feel like you want him. Like, you know, one of those types of guys. So Yeah, no, no, no. He's a uh he's a good player, man. And I think that he is 
uh, a guy who's shorter, but uh, but I think that he can actually play on the outside too. Yep. So I think yeah. that, uh, that's not a, there aren't a ton, ton of guys within the five ten range that you think has the skill set and the temperament and the mentality to play both outside and inside because um, sometimes it can be a totally different world playing inside uh, than outside. And I do think Trent is good enough to be able to do both. And the good thing for Trent, and we talked yesterday, uh, Jordan Reed and I, about the the corner from uh, TCU, Hodges Tomlinson, and how he's 5'8", and he's really a slot-only type player. The good news with Trent is he is taller, and he has more length, but he does play outside for Washington. So you're getting those reps to evaluate him outside of just being in the slot. And so I think that's going to be helpful for him in his valuation for the NFL. Sure. Coming in at, we're at the top five now. So you're number five, getting into the, uh, the, the cream of the crop here for the pac 12. Who do we have? Um, my fifth ranked player is Keaton Slovis, uh, quarterback, 6030, 205, uh, rising junior out of USC. Uh, Keaton is a very accurate passer in the short to intermediate and deep areas. Uh, he's an excellent leader who has shown good accuracy under duress Plays with good, subtle movements within the pocket to evade the rush. Uh, He's not necessarily a threat to the defense as a runner, but can move the chains on critical third downs with his legs. So excellent uh, poise and leadership uh, in his response uh, to adversity uh, while leading uh, USC to three comeback wins in the final two minutes. He doesn't have the strongest arm in the class, but it's sufficient enough. Um, He can throw the five route from the opposite hash and keep the ball low and outside. Um, really eager to see him take another step uh, going into the season as well. I was surprised by how high you are on Slovis. And I'm not sitting here saying that you are 100% bought in and think this is a first-round player and franchise quarterback, but I feel like you have a decent appetite for what you've seen from Slovis to this point where, you know, I I, I guess I'm lower. Um, so, like – what is like? What are you clinging to? I know you just talked about the player, but like when you think about those trump cards or the the traits that you really buy into that gives him a chance, like what's that top thing on your mind? I think that from that position, um, I think uh, the thing that is critical is like you don't necessarily have to have great traits in terms of you know you don't necessarily have to have the strongest. So I think that we've seen guys. Um, who didn't necessarily have great physical traits, but but it's the intangible things really that separate the good from the great there. And I think he has a lot of the intangible things. I think he's a very accurate passer. Um, he, he, he's not very big and he doesn't have a strong arm, but if he can um, play the point guard role and be able to get the ball to his assets on the outside and be able to run the football and get the ball to his tight end, I think that he is someone that can't excel due to the intangibles. And I think that that is one of the rare positions in football where sometimes the intangible things kind of outweigh the physical attributes that maybe uh, you may not necessarily see in someone uh, you want, uh, 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 some of the things you'd want in a top flight passer. All right. So we are now at number four. And Dre, this has been really fun because I don't know your list. And so I'm hearing them as your sharing them for the first time. And so I'm in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, who's left? Who are those, those four guys that he's going to get to here. And so I'm anxious to see if I'm right about it. So tell us who is your number four player. Uh, my number four player is Mikhail Wright from Oregon, 511 190 estimates, 
uh, rising junior out of Oregon. Uh, Rice a very good athlete at the cornerback position. He has good agility to hit uh, and hips to mirror receivers and coverage. He's an excellent competitor who shows good agility uh, to close the top of the route. He's a ball-hungry player who is eager to get his hands on the football. He's competitive at the catch point. He plays with good instincts. I would like to see him hone in more on his eyes and, his, uh, and become more consistent in his technique going into year three of a week. Consider his ability to cover and contribute in the run game. He could very well be one of the best corners to come out of Oregon in recent memory. So, Chris, uh, I'm going to ask you a trivia question, and I'm not asking Dre because I know Dre knows the answer because we got into this the other day in one of our scouting meetings. But we got Mikael Wright, really good corner prospect out of Oregon, maybe a first-round pick, who knows. When do you think the last time a defensive back from Oregon was picked in the first round of the draft? Wow. Chris is like, why are you asking me this? You put me on the spot because now I'm just trying to make sure I don't, I'm not missing a completely obvious name, but I don't think there's an obvious name based on the way you're asking. So this is going to be a complete guess, which I know everybody loves when I do this. I'm going to say 2004, Joe, 2004. Okay. I can understand why you would say that. 1996, Alex Molden, Elijah Molden's father, the last time an Oregon Duck DB was picked in the first round, despite there being some pretty good players. We're talking corners and safeties when it comes to the trivia question there. So, uh, you know, maybe Mikael Wright can can change that. Arguably, Javon Holland had a real case to be a first-round pick last year, but the streak inevitably continues. All right, it's time for the top three, Dre. Let us have it. Your number three player in the Pac-12. I absolutely will. My number uh, three player is a guy by the name of Drake Jackson. Uh, Drake is a 604 edge, 250-pound uh, edge, uh, rising junior out of USC. Uh, so uh, when you turn the tape on, uh, tape on Drake's uh, agility, the fact that he's an excellent athlete, his fluidity, jump off the tape when you watch him play. Uh, he is good get off and shows the ability to get the edge against tackles in a Pac-12. Although he has excellent length, I like to see him improve at setting the edge in the run game. Uh, his weight has fluctuated during his career at USC, which may, which may have also caused him to lose some strength. Uh, but I would like to see him perform more consistently against uh, teams that are better in the Pac-12. He had two sacks in uh, in, tw- in 2020. They're both against Arizona, uh, whose whose tackles weren't necessarily. NFL caliber player. So improving as a play side run defender should uh, should help his stock drastically uh, to solidify his status as a day one player in NFL draft. Man, I, I came away from watching Drake Jackson realizing how exciting his traits were as a pass rusher with the burst and the bend and the length. And you, know, you see some really high impact moments where it's like, wow, you put it all together on that rep and you look really good. And then as soon as you fall in love with those moments, you start to wonder why they don't happen more often because he has such nice traits to be a high impact guy. He's one of those players that if it all comes together, I mean, he's going to be one of the top edge rushers in this class. But like you said, he's got to get better against the run and he just has to make his traits matter more consistently with how he unleashes his pass rush plan. Because my goodness, He's got a loaded toolbox to work for work with in terms of rushing the passer. Top two time, Dre. I think I know the two players here. I think I know the order, but why don't you let us know? Number two for you in the Pac-12. 
is a guy named Jackson Kirkland. Uh, yes. He's a 607 310-pound tackle out of University of Washington. Uh, Jackson's an excellent prospect. He started uh, He started 11 games at guard in 2019. Uh, 2020 was his first year tackle, and I thought he performed uh, very well. He has good length on the perimeter. He plays with excellent hand placing, hand quickness, and technique. Um, he consistently uh, keeps them within the frame of the d- defender. Uh, he easily uh, redirects uh, to handle the cross face of edge defenders. He plays with poise on third downs and does not panic when his side is overloaded. He has good quickness and range to reach a defender on the edge. He has a lot of attributes you like in a franchise uh, tackle, and I'm eager to see how his game improves going into his second year as a full-time starter at left tackle. Dude, I loved his tape. I remember watching him, you know, doing my work on him, watching 2020 tape, taking notes, coming to the meeting saying, yeah, I think this is a first-round player. And I had no idea because I didn't do any of the background because I wasn't responsible for doing it. I had no idea that this was a guy that was a 330-pound guard previously. This is his first year at tackle. Like, normally you can tell. Like, you can you can feel the newness to the position. I never once thought this looked like a player who was new to playing out there at left tackle. And so, man, I, I'm really high on Kirkland. I might be convinced that he's OT one right now, even over Evan Neal from Alabama, just because I feel like he's a lot cleaner projection as a pass blocker right now, man, like really impressed with this football player. Yeah. I think that he is uh, certainly more fluid and he moves a lot better than Neal does. Um, uh, And as you said, Joe, it's an intriguing thing because uh, this is only his uh, first year playing left tackle full time. Um, um, I, I, I'm curious, you know, if they had played him at guard in 2019, just from uh, just, uh, just from a place of, of team need. Um, but he's clearly a left tackle, um, and he's clearly someone who was good in both the run and, and pass. Um, I would like to see him, uh, you know, get a little bit stronger, and I think that he will do that and play stronger at the point of attack going into year two. But I like his prospect. But I like this prospect. Um, I think that uh, when the process is all said, said none, you hear his name a lot um, c- coming out of the University of Washington. Dude, I, I remember thinking to myself, this is Sam Cosme, but actually with technique in terms of body type, movement skills, power, all that type of stuff. So, yeah. Dre, I'm guessing your number one prospect uh, is a duck. Yes, it is a duck. His name is Kayvon University of Oregon, 6050. Uh, I estimate his weight around 250. Um, he's a guy uh, that you've heard his name a ton. He's got very good ability to rush the pass. So I thought he was a little bit misused at Oregon. They play him in a, a five some. They play him uh, with his hand down. I'm really eager to see him play in more of an edge role as far as playing on two feet, uh, see him drop more and rush the passer. Um, he's someone that has a, a good length. He's proven he can set the edge. Um, he can rush the passer. Um, he's a problem to deal with on the edge in obvious passing situations and just a really good overall pass for us. He's a very good athlete in terms of quickness, agility. He has all the things that you like in an ideal 3-4 edge, and I'm really eager to see them use him more in that role um, going into the season. So love the player, and Kayvon Thibodeau is my number one. All right, so I'm going to ask you a tough question here. Sure. Maybe an unfair question, but 
we get this, Kyle and I have got this question a lot, particularly in some of the live streams that we do. How does KT stack up with these other elite edge rushers that we've seen come out, whether it's Miles Garrett or Chase Young or the Bosa boys, you know, that high caliber top five type edge rusher. I mean, is he there um, at least physically or, or what do you need to see from him this year to take that step? You know, I didn't didn't see those guys um, coming out, but I do think that the thing that you like about Tiz is that he's a great athlete who has room to improve as a pass rusher once he hones in on his hand placement, his technique, and just be able to get uh, more pass uh, pass rush moves uh, out on the edge. Um, I think that a, a few other guys may have been more more refined as pass rushers at, at this stage. But I also think that that's what makes Tibbs' ceiling so high is that he has so much more room to improve as he continues to grow as a pass rusher and find more pass rush moves and more ways to actually win instead of just being able to beat guys as a speed rusher on the edge. So I think that it would help him to to be able to refine his pass rush moves. And he's someone that uh, I'm looking to see if he grows in that aspect going into to year two. All right, folks, he is Dre Harris. You can follow him on Twitter at cover corner 40 senior NFL draft analyst at TDN. He's the regional scout for the Pac-12, and he just dropped his top 10 NFL draft prospects in the Pac-12 entering the 2021 season. Dre, thanks for giving us your insight today here on the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us today and this week here on the podcast. Training camp is in full swing. We've got a lot more to dig into as we get ready for the 2021 NFL season. So make sure that you are subscribed. Would love it if you took a moment to rate and review the podcast. Have a great weekend, and we look forward to catching up with you again on Monday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.